What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to talk about, God, we're at week 10 of the NFL. We are over the midway point of the regular season. So tonight, you know, we kind of crossed over that midway point last week and week nine, depending on how you look at it. And so we want to go through, you know, coach of the year. How's that race looking? MVP, who the hell's going to win that? There's, I think there's a front runner, but I've been saying this guy since the preseason. Or I'm, we're going to, I'm going to defend my case tonight. We're going to chat about MVP and then revisit or reshape Super Bowl midseason predictions. So we're going to talk about who we had pegged for the Super Bowl slot back at the end of August. And if we had a mulligan, who we'd pick right now after we've seen evidence of nine weeks worth of football. First, however, the last of the major pro sports league kicked off last week, the NBA, and Bet Online is your top spot for all NBA action this season. With the MLB postseason kaput, NFL, college football, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your wagering, nudes, odds, trends, and prediction. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport at any time. Head to betonline.ag today and get in on all of the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, BLEAV, B L E A V. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It's the trend zone, and this can reasonably be called the halfway point of the NFL season for our podcast purposes. So we want to go through some midseason awards, depending on time. We're going to start with the biggies, depending on time. Uh, get into MVP, Coach of the Year, and then revisit our Super Bowl picks and give the group a chance to reshape those now that you know what you know. And then, uh, you know, just size up the the field for the Super Bowl because we have a large sample size now. We didn't have that a month ago, but it's staring us in the face now. So, Wes, welcome to the show tonight. How are you doing, man? Doing all right. How about yourselves? Not bad at all. The Vikings are five and four, so everybody on this show is smiling from ear to ear. Uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, Vikings aside, MVP. This one's tricky. We, I don't think that there is an honest to goodness front runner. Vegas, a little iffy, but right now, I don't, I don't know if you want to turn this conversation into who will win it, but who is your midseason MVP? All right, so we did this um, in the off season, right before the season started. I had Kirk Cousins pegged as my MVP, and. Uh, I 
I'm pretty sure we were right on track for him to be in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he Against was all having, odds. Yeah. The, the best, you know, career, uh, or best start to the career that he's had. Uh, he was absolutely balling. Uh, with him out of the picture, as you mentioned, uh, the rest of the field's kind of muddied. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is still the Vegas favorite from what I can tell. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to win it. Uh, he's been kind of up and down this year, which is uncharacteristic of him. Uh, probably a compliment to what they've surrounded him with. Um, Jalen Hurts is up there as well. Um, Tua has been kind of waffling, but w- with the team's recent struggles, especially against teams over 500, I don't believe he will be in the conversation. Uh, Joe Burrow, he could always make an appearance after a slow t- slow start to the season. Uh, but where I'm going to hang my hat, I'm going to hang it with Lamar Jackson. Um, as of recently, he hasn't necessarily posted the best stat lines, uh, but he's gotten his team to win. Uh, I feel that he's doing more with less around him. Um, it's kind of running back by committee there. Um, he's got Mark Andrews. Zay Flowers is a nice uh, component uh, on the outside for him, but Zay's not incredibly special, you know, um, at least not yet. Um, I favor Lamar over um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I think they've surrounded him. He's got a top five offensive line. He's got two dynamic wideouts on the outside. He had a a dynamic tight end. Um, A slew of running backs to hand the ball off to. uh, The the tush push or whatever they're calling it now in Philly. Um, But I I think that he's got a bevy of assets at his disposal. Well, Lamar doesn't necessarily have that. He's he def he definitely has some assets, but not the um amount that Jalen Hurts has. So Lamar is my early season MVP favorite. Anytime I watch the Eagles, of course they always look pretty damn formidable and end up winning the game, evidenced by the record. But Jalen Jalen Hurts never to the eye test quite looks like he is in that top three territory. Like him alone, the team certainly is. But Hurts is really good. Uh, but it just doesn't quite feel like like Josh Allen on a good day, or of course Mahomes. And I think I think that I think we the media, you know, they really really want it to happen. And eventually, it might. I just don't know if he's here there. And then also of note. Every quarterback sneak now is called the tush push. And Mm -hmm. I I wish we could just go back to calling it a quarterback sneak. And then if they really want to call it tush push, save that for the Eagles or the brotherly shove or whatever it is, because it's like, uh, we that's what we call every single one. Now quarterback sneak. Oh, here comes the tush push. And it's like, Oh, that isn't overused at all, but I digress. (laughs) Cody, uh, Wes has Lamar mid season MVP. What say you? Oh, y'all, y'all warmed it up for me. Uh, my midseason MVP, I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. Uh, we talk about maybe uh, him not being top three, but we forget Jalen Hurts finished second in MVP voting just last year. Um, and then we we know he's good out rolling outside the pocket. He's good with getting rushing touchdowns and, and uh, things like that. But another area that he's surprisingly good this year and he might miss 
is his 68.9% completion percentage, which is 6.9% uh, ahead of expectation, which is the best mark of any quarterback. And then not only that, his 72 quarterback rating inside the pocket for Hertz ranks as the NFL's best mark this season. So it goes to show that he is playing well from the pocket and he kind of has everything there at his disposal to put up MVP numbers at any point. So uh, let's go to the schedule as well. Um, he's in the midst of playing the Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, and Seahawks prevail. And we have an MVP. Jalen is in direct control of this MVP race. It's it's in his hands. And he's not rely on others' performance like uh, maybe other MVP candidates are. If you want to be the man, you have to beat the other men. And Hertz will have vanquished several other MVP candidates by the end of the season. Well, you quoted Ric Flair there, so you can't go wrong. Um, Jalen, so right after my Jalen Hurts speech, he smacks me down with that and kudos because that was a brilliant speech. Uh, Hertz has 15 touchdowns, eight picks. Let's see, you gotta find the rushing numbers because I'm sure those oh no, he doesn't. Oh, wait, yeah, okay, 316. Uh, rushing yards, seven touchdowns. My goodness. So yeah, he's got the the resume for it to date on a winning team. Um, my preseason MVP was Lamar Jackson, and I am not deviating from that because I think I don't know if it's out of voter fatigue or you know attrition. So Patrick Mahomes, you can make a case for him every single year. His team is right there. He's doing the best with whatever wide receiving core they decide to surround him with on the depth chart this year. The Hertz case certainly numbers wise is there. His team is eight and one. Uh, I'm I agree exactly with Wes on Tua. Uh, it's it's great that he is playing well, but they are kind of like the Lions to me. That yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs, but they're gonna beat anybody if they don't start to prove it in the regular season. Josh Allen turns the ball over all the time, and we just don't care, and that's okay. But I think that's disqualified him. And plus his team is what five and four and same record as the Vikings. And then if Joe Burrow gets hot, hot down the stretch, which it seems like he's about to do, I think you would have a three-way race. Mahomes will always yep. be in there a uh, four-way race, probably hurts Lamar and Burrow. But I do like Lamar right now um, because it just like the only caveat here is that, is he going to get hurt? Cause this is usually when he starts to miss and tail off a little. Yeah. Be hobbled. And but right now, I th I think it's him, and I'm sticking to what I said, and we'll get to <laughs> Super Bowl stuff here in a little bit. I'm sticking to that horse as well. Coach of the year, this one I think will have some more variance. Wes, who do you like for coach of the year heading into Week Ten, the midseason award? Uh, my preseason pick was Robert Sala. I still think he has a chance if he can get this navigate this Jets team to the playoffs, um, but. I'm going to go with uh, what's tended to be the tendency as of late. Uh, I'm going to go with a rookie head coach, and I will go Demeco Ryan's. Um, the The recent trend is uh, a coach goes to a, a new team, gets them in the playoffs after years of despair, and wins coach of the year. Um, I think Ryan's can get uh, the Houston Texans into the playoffs. And if he does so, I think that'll cement the coach of the year barring something, um, you know, even more unseen, like uh, 
Kevin O'Connell, the the job that he's doing, I, I think is phenomenal so far. Um, a lot of pundits have been knocking the Vikings start to the season, the zero and three start. So I'm not ready to put him into that slot just yet because of that. But uh, I think he's also a candidate that is more than um, deserving of it. Uh, but Ryan's is my choice at, at this current juncture. On NFL Network, I think yesterday, they did a segment about O'Connell's chances on Coach of the Year. And I think it was Gerald McCoy who was on mm-hmm. the panel. Uh, said, yeah, I guess, but no, because you don't get credit for sabotaging yourself to the tune of 0-3 or 1-4 and, and then fixing it. And, you know, that's, that's a decent point. Um, maybe for a mid-season Coach of the Year, it's not fair for O'Connell um, because – we haven't seen the complete turnaround to the tune of a playoff appearance. Right now, the Vegas favorites are Dan Campbell at uh, plus 210 money line, and then Mike McDaniel, Demeco Ryans, uh, Robert Salah, he's right there at 1400. And then the, the old faithfuls, Nick Sirianni, John Harbaugh, Doug Peterson, Kevin O'Connell, Mike Tomlin in order. Uh, mine is an agreement uh, with Wes. I have Demeco Ryans because he is a defense first head coach. That whether he did it or C.J. Stroud is just a baller in his own right or a combination in a weak, somewhat weak division, the the they're right there. They're right there. It's going to take it's going to take a lot of wins to get them in the postseason. I think their playoff probability right now is between twenty five and thirty percent. So even though we have this extreme recency bias because of what Stroud did to the Buccaneers last weekend, I do like that the Texans have been made relevant since for the first time since. Deshaun Watson was on the up and up. So what would that have been 2019 or so? And, you know, that's four years. So kudos to Ryan's turning it around. And Stroud is doing this with a real poverty receiving core compared to the rest of the NFL. Uh, I, I don't know if we were in universal agreement on this show, but I know in a lot of uh, Viking circles, my pals, Stroud was the top quarterback in the draft and we were hoping that the Vikings traded up it would be for him the price was probably too high because Stroud went I you know really early on but uh it's no surprise to me that Stroud he was always the most game ready we shall see if the wretch the rest like Bryce Young and then a healthy Anthony Anthony Richardson catch up to him but I like Demeco. give me him for coach of the year because his team that's otherwise bad is right there at 500 sniffing the playoffs Cody who's yours Demeco was a was a good one. I'll give you all that. I do think that with the Texans' success mainly coming from the offensive side of the ball and CJ Stroud, uh, I'm not sure that they're going to give the award to both the head coach and the quarterback. Yeah. Um. So, in counter to that, I'm going with Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> um. The Kevin he lost some close games before going on a four game win streak. And that was with injury adversity. He has 450 plus yards against the 49ers defense, a decisive road victory over the Packers and the legendary coaching spectacle against the Falcons recently. Kevin O'Connell has established one of the best cultures in the league, really becoming a player whisperer. I mean, this guy, he he really you could see that the players are comfortable with themselves and confident um, with themselves in all the right ways under Kevin O'Connell. Um Besides being a leader whom his players clearly love, he's been on a tear this year as a play caller in 2023. And when this Vikings team makes the playoffs with the quarterback not named Kirk, the award will be all Kevin's. I got to ask you, sir, I tweeted this probably out of excitement and just spitballing about the Vikings. 
Do you think that they're on a path with O'Connell as the head coach and Brian Flores getting this defense gelled in a matter of months? Are they on a path to being like the 49ers where you could insert quarterback, you know, John Doe, and they're just gonna, they're going to be at least decent and maybe even prosperous, or is that too soon? I think that uh, it can't be John Doe. It has to be a specific type of John Doe, someone that is intelligent and receptive to taking coaching. So um, like some of the quarterback school I watched on Josh Dobbs from that Atlanta Falcons game, uh, he was raving about his footwork and how Dobbs' footwork, the whole game was just amazing and talking about how that was coached. And it was clicking for me watching that video. I was getting excited because I feel like that's Kevin O'Connell's strong suit is teaching and creating a good learning environment, uh, especially for the quarterback. And really all he needs is someone who's receptive to learning that and not someone who needs to keep getting taught the same lesson. Maybe they keep committing the same mistakes, especially at quarterback. If Josh Dobbs, who I think is extremely intelligent and already has shown that he can be coached, I think that you can insert any Josh Dobbs at any point in time into this offense. So maybe not like, I think like Bryce young would be great in this offense, even better than in the offense he's in now, just because he would have a better teacher and he's, he's very intelligent in that sense. Um, Maybe I I don't want to like knock quarterbacks for not being super intelligent, but you know, (laughs) maybe some other quarterbacks who rely more so on athleticism or take a lot of sacks or something like that may not be such a fit. Well, let me tell you what, uh, Vikings fans out there, if indeed this is Kevin O'Connell's MO, like he knows how to get quarterbacks acclimated, then the Vikings are in a really good spot uh, because before too long, Kirk Cousins is 35 and a free agent. Who knows how the Josh Dobbs experience will end. Before too long, the Vikings will need a quarterback from the draft. And if they're in good hands with O'Connell's tutelage of Jaron Hall and Josh Dobbs and, of course, Cousins, uh, then it's going to bode well for the future. Cody, do you think that Josh Dobbs's fumble problem can be fixed. I think that's the thing that separates him from being coveted by, what was it, six, seven other teams who've cut him loose. Is that something that O'Connell can fix, or is, we just got to gotta suck suck it up and deal with those? What are we, like, what, four and one since Kevin O'Connell broke out that scepter? <laughs> Seemed <laughs> yeah, like he fixed yeah, the yep. fumbling issues already, so we'll yep. see about that. And I do want to say, uh, I was kind of mes- messaging Wes with this earlier, I have a hunch that maybe Josh Dobbs could bridge to Kirk Cousins returning next year. And so to me, it seems like next year is really setting up to be a special year. I think that we could possibly retain Brian Flores for another year and everything can kind of come to a boiling point. So not even not even necessarily draft a quarterback with the 15. Yeah, I think that Josh Dobbs could free us up to be able to use that pick somewhere else. And I think that going into next year, maybe having him start the first couple of games after showing, of course, at this point, we're assuming the Vikings did something like made the playoffs with Dobbs Mm -hmm. and shown that he's a good fit. I'd feel really comfortable with Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, and then maybe uh, like a Jaron Hall as a QB three and spending that number five pick on another area. That would be, I haven't even really thought about that yet, like what they could spend the pick on, Mm -hmm. because it seems like with Cousins is a free agent, it's so vividly going to be a quarterback, but in your scenario, then you could get real funky uh, because because the roster screams edge rusher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I assume they're going to re-sign Daniil Hunter. He said he wants to be a Viking for life, but after that, Wanham's a free agent. 
Davenport's a free agent. And it's like, you know, you, gotta, you guys got to fix this. Don't you know that, right? Uh, so I'm guessing for the first time, perhaps uh, since 2005, the Vikings will draft an edge rusher with first or second round draft capital. But uh, back to the, well, I want to say one more thing about the, the Vikings. Excuse me. If they do make the postseason, assuming that they don't catch the Lions, it's very likely that they're going to have a rematch of a team they've already played uh, because the who I think will win the divisions are the 49ers, the Eagles, the Lions, and then probably the Saints just because that division isn't very good. And the Vikings staring up at them in a wild card berth will probably play a team they've already played for better or worse. All right, we're we're getting into some playoff chatter now. Let's let's springboard to the Super Bowl. Wes, who was your Super Bowl champion back on August? Blah blah blah. And if you got a mulligan to reshape it, who would you pick now? Oof. Uh, my Super Bowl was Cincinnati versus Dallas, and uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, I don't think that I can stick with them. Um, who Dallas? I either of them, Cincy or Dallas. You just don't trust Cincy getting hot, huh? I I think they'll get hot. I just don't know if they will overcome uh, the Ravens in the division. Um, as long as Lamar can stay healthy, which has been the catalyst for this team. Um, if as long as Lamar can stay healthy, I I have to put the Ravens at the top of the AFC and going into Baltimore in the winter uh, with the way that defense moves around and hits. I, I wouldn't want to be an opposing team doing that. Um, So I will say Baltimore comes out of the AFC Uh, out of the NFC. It gets a little murkier. Um, I mean, the, the Eagles are atop of, uh, the NFC currently, but I I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm still not a believer in them. I, I think they've won a lot of close games, but at the same time, I, I don't think that they were deserving of those wins. Um, I think that they have holes in the way that they play. So I, I can't put them into the position of being in the Super Bowl. Also, it's difficult for the Super Bowl runner-up to repeat the following year. I know we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go with... Oh, man, it's tough. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that 49ers, uh, I, I think this little rough patch in the middle of the season helps them... Mm-hmm. Um, figure out whatever they need to figure out and you know they they can fix whatever they they needed to fix and and make that late season run that they usually tend to um Detroit or Minnesota whoever comes out of the north I don't think that you know they have enough um for Detroit I don't think they have enough experience the Vikings I as good as it is Dobbs could be for us. I, I don't know if it's going to be enough. And the NFC South, I mean, it's kind of a joke. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on the Eagles, uh, for folks that follow ESPN's FPI football power index, 
the Eagles are the seventh best team in football. They are outpaced by the Cowboys <laughs> at number six, the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Bills, the Ravens at number two, and the Chiefs at number one. And then uh, Sumner Sports puts out a similar metric that's more EPA play based. And I believe the Eagles were in that same territory, um, you know, near the the bottom of the top 10, whereas their record is supreme in the NFL. So it's not just the eye test. It's the metrics that suggest there's something not quite elite about the Eagles. Uh, who knows what they'll figure it out. So it sounds like, Wes, we talked ourselves into Ravens 49ers. Ravens 49ers. Okay. Yeah. Cody, your, I guess, Super Bowl matchup and winner. Uh, Eagles Ravens. <laughs> That's it. Just the mic <laughs> yeah. drop. I keep pre- preluding my takes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't spend as much time on this one. Um, but yeah, I got, I got the Eagles Ravens. Um, a lot of the great points that y'all just made, uh, just with the whole EPI thing and them ranking what six or whatever, uh, they have not lost any of those other teams in the top 10. In fact, they've beaten a couple of them. So I think people are just kind of sleeping on the Eagles, uh, maybe some FOMO going on there. Um, are we going to cover the offensive player, defensive player, any of that? What I was going to do, what I was going to do is give my Super Bowl prediction, then hand the mic back to you to sweet. go through. The I list. have a few quick hitting notes that mm-hmm. I thought were interesting. Just wanted to get those in there before the end of the show. Perfect. All right. So uh, I think is this three for three for Wes and I, uh, I have Baltimore over San Francisco because that's what I had uh, in August. Uh, I was all, I was looking for a team that wasn't the chiefs um, because the teams never repeat anymore, and I'll believe it when I see it, when any any team does. It's been so long. It's the Patriots from, what, 2003 and 2004. It's almost 20 years since a football team repeated as Super Bowl champs. And then the Bengals, to me, always cause anxiety for Super Bowl prediction because the offensive line never gets fixed. It reminds me of the, the Vikings five years ago. And I, I think that always rears its head. Um, you can almost set your clock to the teams on conference championship weekend. Sands, the Bengals, usually have an elite offensive line, and I think that's what prohibits them from making the jump. So once I have vanquished those, I said all summer there's something not right about the Bills. That was wrong, but now it's right. Uh, It left me with the Ravens way back then. And then on the NFC, this is why I was so excited about the Vikings. Uh, I didn't think they'd start 0-3. The NFC is really wide open if you believe that the Eagles won't get back there again. You don't believe in the quarterback position for the 49ers. It was really exciting that the Vikings could be that team. Now they have to try to effectuate a playoff run without Kirk Cousins. And then uh, whenever Justin Jefferson comes back, should be in a week or so. So I don't realistically think the Vikings will get to the Super Bowl or win it. Um, So I'm going to keep it at the 49ers, agreeing completely with Wes that this little stretch, three-game skid, I think is good for them to humble them and make them hungrier. All right, I did not come up with a full ballot of NFL awards, but Cody, you did, so let's hear them. Sweet. So um, for me, Offensive Player of the Year, uh, I did go with Tyreek Hill. And then as I was digging into his stats and why he has a case for it, I ended up convincing myself not to pick Tyreek Hill for Offensive Player of the Year, even though he is pacing to become the first 2,000-yard receiver in league history, breaking Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving records. But that's because they have multiple matchups with elite defenses down the stretch, including two games against the Jets, uh, one against the Ravens, and one against the Cowboys. And not to mention, you also have A.J. Brown lurking right around the corner. And in my scenario, we're picking Jalen Hurts for MVP. 
So it only makes sense that Robin shows up to, uh, with Batman on the year. AJ Brown, he has compiled 67 catches for a thousand yards and six touchdowns. It's two fewer catches, two fewer touchdowns and 71 fewer yards than Hill. Really not that different. In fact, his production is closer to Hills than the third most productive receiver in the league. Diggs is to Brown. If Hills production tapers off again, like it did a season ago, but Brown doesn't, we could definitely see the gap close between those two. But you have, uh, uh, you have more, right? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, uh, defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Uh, this was my pick before the season. And of course, Garrett, here he is having a monster season. He has nine and a half sacks, eight tackles for a loss, 18 quarterback hits in a league high, four forced fumbles, and he's sixth in pressure rate. He's pro football focuses highest grade edge defender overall and as a pass rusher. And he is on pace to record the best single season PFF grade for an edge rusher. So that certainly helps his case. But the record he will break if he, or, but the record that he's going to break is the one that he set last year. I mean, this dude is a beast and he's just getting better. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, I got CJ Stroud, the favorite now, along with everybody else. Just what he's doing down there is crazy, leading the Texans to three wins, which is their win total from last season with 10 games left to play. He got, had one of the most impressive performances by a rookie signal caller in NFL history uh, against the Buccaneers last week. And eight games into his career, Stroud ranks third in passing yards per game this season despite ranking 10th in pass attempts. His interception percent, percentage is first, and his passing touchdown percentage is ninth. And so by all accounts, Stroud is having an excellent season, not just for a rookie, but for any signal caller. And defensive rookie of the year, it's still wide open for me. Uh, I don't have any crazy notes on this one. I picked Will Anderson. The reward usually goes to a linebacker or a pass rusher. I do like Devin Witherspoon as well, but my pick for um, Emmanuel Forbes definitely busted on this one. (laughs) He has not looked good. Oh, and also my Super Bowl prediction, Steelers, Seahawks. Oof. <laughs> Seahawks still have a dark shot, but Steelers are well. So do the Steelers have a chance to get in the dance? Um, but there's not optimism that that offense will ever get fixed. No. Nope. Uh, my defensive player of the year, excuse me, defensive rookie of the year is also a bust. Deontay Banks hasn't shown up. Um, nobody really on the Giants has outside of Saquon. So I feel uh, your pain there. Terrible season for New York. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about a season that they kick in the nuts. Yeah. Well, we were we did our whole segment on coach of the year, what, 10 minutes ago? And Brian Dable, uh, you know, yeah. it looks like a joke that he won that. Yeah, he robbed Kevin O'Connell last year. Kevin O'Connell didn't get any attention for coach nope. of the year. I'm assuming that's a Minnesota thing that people just are like, oh, it's Minnesota. We're going to give it to some other more popular Fan base. It, yeah. But the thing that was so strange is there was never, like when they were nine and one, there was never any Kevin O'Connell for coach of the year, like a steam at all. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, well, they're only winning one score games. Therefore, it must be, it just must be they're an average team that's disguised. And that's fine and dandy, especially because the Giants beat the Vikings, but there at least should have been like a little bit more kudos thrown to O'Connell. Oh, yeah. And the Vikings are they're really becoming a fun team. I think that we have a decent shot at becoming one of the flagships for the NFL, you know, kind of like what what the Chiefs did a couple years back. And now they're 
at the forefront. Same with what the Dolphins are doing. I mean, players want to go to Minnesota. The facilities are nice. The coaching staff is nice. I mean, the worst thing about it is maybe the weather and the bad luck. (laughs) Yeah, but you can see from every single tidbit of media that comes out, whether it's the Vikings issued or any player, that the players love that locker room. And that starts... Mm -hmm. That starts with the ownership down from the general manager and, you know, the big shining, bright, flashing lights, the head coach. And it, it's it's really cool to see that come together. Wes, any closing arguments before we sign off? Uh, no, I'll just touch on mine real quick. Oh, as you well. have yours. My bad. Okay. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. Um, the offensive player of the year, I will have to agree. Uh, AJ Brown has been on absolute tear and while Tyreek has a chance at 2,000 yards, uh, Brown hasn't been so shabby either. Um, he was the first player, I think, to have 125 yards uh, in four straight games, something like that. Um, I agree also on defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett, he's just been unstoppable. Um, even if he's not getting sacks, he's just being so disruptive. Uh, my preseason defensive rookie of the year w- was Will Anderson. Uh, I still like Will Anderson for defensive rookie of the year, uh, but also want to uh, mention De- uh, Devon Witherspoon as well. He's having an outstanding season in Seattle. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, my preseason one was Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'm hopeful that coming out of the bye, he's able to establish more of a 60-40 or 65-35 split with uh, David Montgomery. Uh, We'll see if that happens. If he's able to do that, though, I think he can give Stroud a a run for his money. Uh, It is a quarterback award, kind of like uh, MVP is, but it'd be nice to see a, a running back get it as well so uh, i will stick with my my preseason pick and jameer gibbs there so if uh if both of those no that would be if cody's comes true that will have meant that the the texans really nailed the draft yeah just like the jets did Mm -hmm. last year yeah and was it the saints i think in 2017 i think they had the fired up the both of them um, earlier, real quick, I was at a resale shop uh, looking through clothes, and I found a Justin Jefferson Vikings jersey on the rack, yeah. which blew my mind down here in South <laughs> Texas. Yeah, and I pulled off the rack, and it's number two. Really? <laughs> yeah. What What the hell is up with that? I was you buy, you I, buy it me anyway? and me, no, no. <laughs> me and Amanda were like, "Whoa!" Like I was like, "I can't believe I just found this," and I'm like, two. Two. Oh yes. man. Yeah, we're in South Texas. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably why it Pretty was there. Uh, all right, Cody, have a good move. We'll talk to you in two weeks, sir. And then Wes will talk to you in one week, presumably with Jason Bowen back in the saddle. All right. Sounds good. All right, later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.